You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the OTI Podcast. It's me again, Colin Kelly, and uh, usually at this point, and I know Doug kind of got on to me on the last show about always saying the exact same thing in my introductions. I was nearly going to do it again, but Doug isn't here this week uh, due to scheduling conflicts. Uh, this was one that we tried to engineer between three different time zones with myself uh, and Doug, and then our special guest who is going to be joining me just on the show in a couple of moments. Um, obviously, as I start the show, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Uh, obviously, you can subscribe on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, tune in all those ways. You can find us as well on OvertimeIreland.com. And, uh, you know, it's been a very, very quiet week in the NFL, but it hasn't been a quiet week for a lot of people, uh, including myself, who are involved in this guy, who is our guest today's uh, leagues over the last couple of weeks. And I'm talking about Scott Fish. Uh, I've been partaking in the the auction draft for uh, Pigs 2 over the last couple of weeks. And um, it's uh, it's been quite an interesting experience. But uh, my guest is uh, Scott Fish, and we're going to talk about his leagues as well as lots of kind of dynasty stuff. We've been talking a lot of draft over the last couple of weeks on the show, but uh, this week we're just going to sit back and have some fun talking kind of dynasty and just player evaluations. And then next week we'll be back with uh, Doug and uh, Charles McDonald's going to join us as well. And we'll be back to the draft talk next week. But Scott, thanks for jumping on the show. Yeah, it's good to be here. Good to be here. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to that episode next week. I mean, Nick Whalen's was awesome as well. It's You guys got a lot of really good guests with a lot of really good draft knowledge in this time. And uh, obviously we're filling in those good guests with uh, yourself as well, Scott. And uh, next week's show, I'm looking forward to being charged on. You mentioned Nick as well. is always a, a great guest to have on. We've had a couple of very interesting uh, draft shows over the last couple of weeks. But, you know, I, I don't pretend to know everything about the NFL draft heading into it. And I, I do like to try and keep as much knowledge of it as I can. But it's mainly down to the fact that I, I play in a lot of dynasty leagues and to try and know what's coming in with rookie picks and so on and so forth. But... I mentioned the the leagues, uh, you know, the Pigs League and so on, but without getting into that just yet, my my first question was, uh, obviously you're a commissioner in so many different leagues, uh, the Pigs Leagues and, uh, you know, Scott Fishbowl, the Scott Fishbowl 7 coming out this year, but being a commissioner in so many leagues, is it it tough, uh, you know, trying to keep everything in check? I know you've had your issues uh, and pigs too, particularly with myself on a couple of occasions. And uh, a lot of the questions that come in on Twitter for the show were regarding uh, me uh, overspending my budget a number of times. I think I was fined the most of anyone in that uh, draft and uh, three times, I think. It ended up maybe two. I might have got one that uh, scraped through without being without being charged. But it's a tough... I, I try to think that I'm a, an easy guy to have in leagues, but maybe not this time, uh, Scott. <laughs> no, no, you are. That, actually, I'd say... T- over 10 people, I think, <laughs> went over budget. That that glitch is not uh, not easy to work with. Uh, MFL has a glitch if you have multiple copies that the prices on the site don't reflect accurate, accurately after players are won. So kind of have to have everybody keep track of their own. That's only for multiple copy leagues. Other than that, I love MFL for just about everything they do. But to your question, it's not easy. It's not easy. I, I do find myself... Uh, like right now, I'm paying way more attention to Pigs 2 because that's what's running yeah. than any of my other leagues. And I do feel bad about that. But, you know, some sometimes you just got to make a priority list. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned as well uh, with more than one copies, uh, the majority of listeners. And I, I've said this in the last couple of podcasts. Sometimes I forget that not everybody knows exactly what we're doing all the time. And uh, when we're looking at uh, most leagues, you know, people now are starting to play Superflex or IDP with defensive players. But 
you know, super flex leagues with one or more quarterbacks. Pigs 2 is a super flex league. Uh, you can play with one or more quarterbacks. It's set up in the draft as a, an auction style. So you're, you know, bidding your budget to see uh, if you can win these players. And as well, when he mentioned there about the extra copies, most leagues just have your standard uh, one copy of each player. Uh, the first Pigs, I believe, Pigs 1, I think, had two copies of each player. And then uh, yep. Scott's gone absolutely crazy this time. And we have... Uh, four copies of each player so if you missed out on one you have a chance then down the line and it was very interesting I, th- I think i'll get into this question now is you know at the start those players are going for certain values and players that i i like and i thought oh that there's far too cheap maybe i went for keenan allen i think i paid the most on keenan allen on his first copy 161 dollars and uh, then as it went along i think he dropped down maybe into the kind of the 80 dollar range so there were certain players going you know the first copy was going for 161 and then they were going for half price later there were certain players then that maybe early in the draft went for four dollars or no not for 40 dollars or 50 dollars and then later on maybe went for 80 dollars so it was a very very hard to judge it and quarterbacks in particular at the start started to just go crazy all the way up to i think some of them were going for uh, 250 dollars and scott was involved in some of the the high bidding for quarterbacks but how did you find it being the commissioner having the experience even off uh, pigs one to to try and judge your auction budget i know a lot of listeners uh, probably haven't been involved in many auctions and this on this scale was my first uh, of such a scale with so many good competitive uh, players i've done redraft auctions but to to do a, a dynasty auction of this scale was quite a step yeah, well, I think I think every auction is its own crazy entity. It's very tough to assume auction values in general. But you add the fact that there's four copies and 56 teams, you think maybe the second copy is going to be the cheapest or the third copy. The price goes too high on Keenan Allen's first copy, and maybe you decide, eh, I'll wait till the next copy gets up, and then you get in a bidding war with someone else who was also doing the same thing. It's It is really – it's it's nothing you can prepare for. I think a lot of people were trying to prepare or at least joking about preparing before it started. No there, point. there is just absolutely no <laughs> point in preparing for uh, an auction like this. Uh, every budget you try to maintain for yourself, you can pretty much just throw it out the window after three or four days of an auction like this. It's, it is really something. It is, it's very, very enjoyable for me to watch as a commission and participate in. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to, to participate in just to see how it went. And even you mentioned uh, bidding wars and the player I didn't think I was going to get in a bidding war for. Uh, my quarterbacks, I kind of spent lone quarterback. I think I have Andy Dalton. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think I have Alex Smith. And then my last quarterback I went for was Tom Savage. Tom Savage went for $3. So obviously, Hey, that easy. might work out now. <laughs> it might work out. Uh, we'll get into the Tony Romo news in a, a few minutes, but it might work out yeah. for me uh, as a very nice value. But then uh, I started to get into a bit more for the last quarterback on the board, and that was Paxton Lynch. And uh, I kept going. I think I can't remember who it was with over the last couple of days, but it was just going up in $1 increments. And I got down you know, a couple of times to two or three hours left. And we didn't mention it either. The clock for this was... Uh, it went for 15 hours but when it would get down under the hour and if you bid in again it would start again at 15 hours so there's a lot of people getting down you know under the hour maybe 15 minutes left and then getting bid up so that went on for quite a few days and i think it i just at the end of it i was just like no i've had enough i don't i don't need packs and lunch <laughs> i don't need them so we'll see no. how it goes it could turn out to be a good decision but i'm going to save that for uh, the rookie draft which will be coming up in a few weeks but uh, i'm just going to have a quick break here just to tell you about one of the offers we have on with one of our sponsors and then we'll be back to to talk more just after this 
I also want to give a plug to our partnership to our friends at NFL Shop Europe. They have given our listeners a code for 10% off all orders on their website. They have pretty much any NFL gear you want to get uh, sorted for your team, whether it is maybe it's something to hold your beer, uh, keep your hand nice and toasty and keep your beer nice and cold. They have sleeves for bottles, sleeves for cans and so on if you want to do that. They have uh, baseball hats with all the NFL teams on it, lots of t-shirts and obviously the NFL jerseys, lots of merchandise on there and game balls and so on and so forth check them out you get 10 percent off if you use this code oti10 at checkout that is oti10 at checkout for 10 percent off all items and all orders on their website their website is europe.nflshop.com that is europe.nflshop.com so after that there uh, you know well, i i love to do plugs on the show but i think that'll be the last one for today's show but to get back to the actual nfl we're going to do a few uh, talking points now for a couple of moments and uh, you mentioned there when i mentioned about tom savage it might work out and there was a lot of reports over the last couple of weeks with uh, you know the texans interested in tony romo if he was released and maybe the cowboys looking to uh, trade for get a trade market for him the same with the broncos but um, it looks that uh, Tony Romo has decided he's going to retire. He has said that he would uh, never say never, but he's becoming the lead CBS analyst for the, the game coverage and something I'm looking forward to seeing because anytime I've ever heard Tony Romo talking, he's uh, very, very uh, intelligent. Obviously, to be a quarterback in the NFL, it's you know you have to have a huge, huge level of IQ and understanding, but he uh, he's somebody that I like to listen to talk. But um, him stepping away, how do you see it, uh, obviously, with um, Dak Prescott, we know he is the the role in in Dallas, but with uh, you know guys like Tom Savage, I would still expect him to draft a quarterback. But do you see uh, the potential there for maybe Savage with Osweiler after moving on, and then again with uh, the Denver Broncos with the situation up there with Paxton Lynch? Uh, how do you see it all shaking out? Well, first of all, I think in in Denver, I think Simeon's gonna. I think they're gonna fight for that seat for that uh, that job but I think Simeon's gonna probably hold the cards because I thought I thought at times he looked pretty decent last year and I think you know he's got he's got more time out there under his belt I think he was I, I think he's probably gonna be the starter to to start the season assuming you know he has he had surgery on his non-throwing shoulder in January and he should be fine to go uh, I, I think that he's probably going to be the guy uh, I can see them, you know, rotating through, you know, trying both of them at different times during the year if one stumbles or whatever. In Texas, uh, I think that I think that they will probably go with Tom Savage uh, if they don't get a guy like Jay Cutler. Yeah. I I, th- I can see them getting a free agent. Uh, Bill O'Brien made a statement this week about, you know. It's such a learning curve for a rookie, not not basically not. Bell O'Brien lies though. <laughs> yes, that's true. And <laughs> but uh, I, I see think the same thing with Ari, uh, Bruce Arians mm-hmm. in Arizona when he says stuff. <laughs> he he once he once said that he he was going to make Andre Ellington a two thousand total yard back. I mean, <laughs> so uh, when when those guys talk, he's going to make him a wide receiver now though. So you know, he's yep, gonna... yep. <laughs> There you go. You know, maybe two, he'll he'll be Calvin Johnson esque and get near that two thousand yards now. Um, but I I I think I would lean into Tom Savage right now. I do, if they draft a quarterback, I don't know that that quarterback's gonna see anything till later in the season or you know maybe after a bye week or something. Yeah. Uh, I I truly hope they go after a guy like Jay Cutler though. 
Yeah, I could see that. And I've bought a lot of DeAndre Hopkins over the last couple of, you know, the last couple of weeks, and I'm going to mention it in a minute. Uh, but, you know, for him, I think he only has a certain amount of upside with Tom Savage. But, um, you know, as I mentioned with that Pigs uh, pick up at quarterback, that could uh, work out for me to start it all off. I don't think it's a long-term play. And I mentioned as well with the Paxton Lynch, the, the bidding up. I think if you look at how the situation went last year there, I think that he has obviously the draft capital, but I think he's going to be sitting on the bench to start the season, and uh, we'll see how Simeon does. I think like I think Simeon is uh, uh, you know an average player. He's not going to go out there and light things up, but he's definitely somewhere someone who can be a placeholder there. And uh, I think you know all the players there around him with the Marius Thomas. There is a lot of weapons still there. Sanders as well, who I, I like a lot. Um, so we'll see what happens in that situation. Uh, Adrian Peterson there was a lot of talk about him at the start of the week and I know as a Vikings fan you're a big AP fan as well and uh, with uh, him leaving New England without a deal it looks like I thought at the time it'd be, it's not going to be a fit you know we, at the time of the uh, allegations uh, two seasons ago before he sat out the season Robert Kraft was very vocal on the situation and uh, I was surprised that he had the visit but it looks maybe that it was kind of trying to put a little bit of pressure maybe on like Garrett Blunt to see will he resign. But it's, it's very interesting. I'm going to scoop this all into to one pile with the news as well. With Marshawn Lynch has said that he's going to unretire and he said that he only wants to play with the Oakland Raiders if he does come back. His uh, salary cap hit would be too much for the Seahawks, so they would likely have to cut him. I uh, can't see there being, you know, getting any compensation really as regards to draft picks from the Raiders. But with him, uh, Jamal Charles as well, who has really, outside of a visit with the Seahawks, has had really no interest. Do you think... It's just going to be a case of wait and see, and these guys might latch on maybe come July. Uh, you know, with the draft so close, I think teams will probably sit and wait. How do you? It's it's really tough, and these guys obviously dynasty wise, their value is uh, very very limited. But say if we're looking at uh, redraft, um, I'm I'm doing a lot of MFL tens at the moment, and I seen in the seventh round yesterday, shortly after that, Marshawn Lynch news came out. At the, I think it was the tenth pick of the seventh round. I seen Marshawn Lynch being picked up. So just in general do you see any fantasy value for those three guys this season oh wow uh not a lot um i think if peterson goes to a place that's going to use him as a goal line back and a two down back uh i think he's going to run angry so i think that there's going to be some value there charles i i think all three of them could have some but i they're just such tough buys yeah. like marshall lynch Behind that Oakland line, I mean, we're talking about Latavius Murray averaged. I'm trying to remember the amount of Too yards. Too many yards per carry. Average. Yeah, but he <laughs> he did he did really well. I mean, he, he had, had a crazy amount he of led, touchdowns. He led the, yeah, he led the NFL in first half touchdowns with eight in the first half of games last year. I I tweeted that the other day that I mean, Marshawn Lynch behind that line could be something. And last time we saw him, he was injured all the time. Yeah. He was averaging 3.7 yards per carry. Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan, but you got to take notice behind that line. He's he's going to get opportunities. That offense is going to get them in scoring position. So I think all three of these guys, Charles is good on a lot or fewer touches than most backs ever. I mean his his yards per carry, yards per touch is like five, five point yep. something. Crazy, yeah, for for a career, which is unreal. So even if he goes somewhere where he's just a third down back and he barely plays, he can, he can be efficient enough with those touches to be valuable. So I think, I think they all have value. It's just, 
<laughs> in dynasty leagues, they're, they're almost untouchable. They're almost free because it's got to be for a contender. Yeah, I agree 100% with uh, everything you said there. If you're looking back through them, uh, you know, Adrian Peterson last year, I think before he got injured, was two yards of carry. He was averaging obviously a terrible offensive line in Minnesota last year. I think if he does find a landing spot, I think for one or maybe two years, one year probably, I think there is value there. I think, he, you know, touchdown-wise, there is an upside. I think with Marshawn Lynch, the upside would be that he would be in Oakland behind that offensive line. I think, you know, as you mentioned, that, I think is that the physical style that he plays and, you know, how physical he was, I think that just took a toll on his body over the last couple of seasons and he was really beat up. And even when he was playing, he was really, really uh, kind of struggling to produce. And the, out of them all, and it's been very, very quiet, Jamal Charles and I think it's been so quiet because of the injuries obviously last year we kind of maybe underestimated the uh, the knee injury coming back off that surgery had to have the second surgery I think he could find a role maybe like a, a Danny Woodhead style role you know pass catching back and I think that could be a value somewhere late in, in drafts but I think uh, with all three of them it's just uh, we're gonna have to wait and see where they end up it's mm. really too hard to speculate at this moment in time the other part yeah. was that the Raiders are heading to LA that happened since our last podcast we didn't mm. it's two weeks since our last podcast so that's gonna be an interesting one uh, obviously Las Vegas uh, or Las Vegas sorry Las Vegas uh, <laughs> sorry we we're gonna have three teams in LA now <laughs> but um, I, I think the NFL have uh, slackened off their approach on the, the gambling side of things after um, they get an influ- influx of money to the owners for the, the relocation fee but that, that's just going to be one that's going to be interesting, you know, with uh, how the Raiders will spin it uh, heading into the next two seasons. They're possibly going to be uh, still in Oakland, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Feel bad for the the fans in Oakland, but uh, the yeah. Raiders kind of as a brand, I think uh, moving forward they will be fine and a, a young team that the team. You know, two or three years ago, I don't think Oakland would have cared too much, but now it's uh, it's going to be a different story. But we've seen three teams move in the last couple of years, more so than the Raiders. Have you have you been surprised at the the three teams moving in the last uh, what is it, maybe two and a half years? Uh, money talks. Yeah, I mean, definitely. we as a, as a Vikings fan, before we got our stadium up here, we were on that discussion block. Yeah. It seemed like every year, uh, it always felt like something that was going to be way off in the future. And now that <laughs> if the money's there, teams are just moving. I, I'm, I'm very surprised by it. But uh, I guess it's been in the cards for so long. At some time, that dam had to break. And once one team was able to move, I guess it really, uh, really allowed the others to uh, make that move too. Yeah, and uh, obviously now that stadium in Minnesota is doing nothing but killing birds. So uh, <laughs> for anyone that so didn't. For, for have a, I have I talked to you about this? No. <laughs> the, the, the design it's so amazing inside, but there's only one set of doors to exit. Okay. So when you when you have all fifty sixty thousand fans trying to exit one set of doors at really? the end of the game, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, there it's a wall of doors yeah. and they're big doors, but it's all everybody jammed into that one area, just slowly going through it's it is crazy because most modern stadiums they have so many exits uh you know that you can clear the stadium within two or three minutes so obviously <laughs> with one door it's it's bound to be a little bit bad but uh, my comment on the birds was that um it's all glass it's all and glass. apparently yeah. there's been a, a huge increase in dead birds around the stadium fly can't <laughs> see that there's glass there so but uh we'll we'll not blame that on scott anyway we'll see we'll see we'll see if they can change anything <laughs> in the design um, I have a, a layout here that I, I sent over to Scott and 
pretty much so far we've not really got on any of it so i'm going to go down through some of the points now to see how how we get going uh the scott fish bowl last year was the scott fish bowl 480 with uh 480 competitors in it from all around the the dynasty community fans and analysts and uh, it was a lot of fun to take part in even though my team ended up really really sucking badly but this year we're going to have the the scott fish bowl 7 which is the seventh annual edition what uh, this year is going to be different compared to the layout of last year you know, I think. Well, first off, there's probably there's going to be more teams. I've just had more, so more much interest. <laughs> yeah, way more actually. Uh, I had about twenty five hundred people sign up so far this year, and at this point last year, I think that number was in the sixteen hundred range, seventeen hundred. So I expect well over three thousand to sign up. Uh, so keep signing up if you're interested at all. <laughs> sign up and you'll have a shot I, it's tough to get in but you'll, you'll at least have a shot if you're interested and, uh, but it's going to be just before you said that I, gar- I guarantee you should definitely sign up because uh, you know i didn't get it justice uh, i talked about it last year in the podcast but kind of hyping it up last year you know you had all the lead analysts from websites like espn uh, cbs you know nfl network and so on so you have everybody and then people like myself but then you're you could be playing in a division with guys like that there and you know you're listening to them on podcasts so it's great to get a chance to compete against those guys too but last year was a lot of fun so i'm already looking forward to this year but i'll let scott uh, take the floor again yeah it, it is really exciting you can play with anyone you want like you said just uh i think the major change is the amount of people that are going to play and I'm probably going to try to start introducing points per first down into leagues. Yeah. I, I want that. I want people to start at least thinking about that because I think it's more appropriate than points per reception. Yeah. Uh, points per reception are nice. They're fun. But sometimes you get a guy like a Stefan Diggs or an Edelman that'll get 13 catches for 70 yards and they, they get over 20 fantasy points. Yeah. But points per first down, you're actually rewarding something that's accomplished on the field. And how fun is it going to be to watch watch a say you're watching uh, the Buccaneers and Jameis Winston takes the handoff. It's third and one. Jameis Winston gets one yard. You're going to get a point. Yeah. You know because it's a first yeah. down. Or he hands it off. You, you at every like third and one, you're just almost on pins and needles wondering who's going to get that first down point in, yeah. in SFB. It's, that should be pretty fun. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. That's in pigs too as well. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. That would, you know, in the draft. And there was so much different strategies. There was a lot of the rules kind of that was in the Scott Fishbowl last year that have been implemented into that dynasty league that we were doing the auction for over the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, the next thing was... Um, the rookie picks this year, uh, you know, everyone was talking last year on podcast about acquiring 2017 picks, trying to get as many as you could to, uh, you know, gain into this year's draft because it was going to be so stacked. Obviously, some players have gone back to college and there's kind of a top tier of maybe six players, you know, that are, are very high quality that probably could go in any range from one to six in those rookie picks in dynasty leagues. But I think uh, the the picks started to kind of get overhyped and overvalued, and I had quite a few of them, and uh, started to sell them off. And I mentioned DeAndre Hopkins earlier. It got all the way to last week. I, I traded off DeAndre, Hop- or I, I I acquired DeAndre Hopkins for uh, my one hundred one pick, uh, and Ooh, I also nice. got, got back the the two hundred two as well. So again, you know, drop back, you know, uh, twelve spots basically, and then picked up DeAndre Hopkins as well. But I think. You know, there's people on Twitter when I, I tweeted it out to Dyn- at Dynasty Trades and uh, those people on Twitter saying that they would rather have the, the pick, you know. 
and I start to think people forget about you know what proven production is versus you know last year we did get Ezekiel Elliott but you know in the past the 101 has been Trent Richardson there's been there's been a lot of ways and I know Trent Richardson had a good rookie year but there's lots of times that the the first second third fourth fifth sixth pick of a dynasty uh, draft will stink and then like last year probably picked 9 10 11 you could have got michael thomas who's you know boomed away up uh, in value this year but it's a kind of a lottery even with uh, the first round pick so i i've moved on quite a few and acquired them for you know players like al sean jeffrey i mentioned their hopkins just more and more and do you think that the the value of picks have gone up uh this year or do you think it's just oh, yeah. people want that i always call it the shiny new toy sometimes people just want that mm-hmm. young player Yep, yep. I I also use the shiny new toy example a lot with that. Uh, I and I do the same thing as you I, every year, but this year in particular, people are just like, I, unbelievably I I hyped. I don't want to interrupt you, but like you know, a few years ago, if somebody maybe Larry Fitzgerald's thirty-one years old, and people are saying, right, maybe he only has two years left, it's time to move on in dynasty leagues. But now it's players like DeAndre Hopkins. Is, I think he just turned twenty-five, and he has. Uh, four seasons in the NFL and three of them I think he's had a thousand yards so you're looking at players who are only like some of the players in this draft are going to be coming out and they're nearly going to be the same age as DeAndre Hopkins but he has that proven NFL production as well but people would rather take a chance on somebody who's never played it down yet yep exactly and it is it is really getting crazy how young teams want to young people want to build their teams Uh, I've been I've been doing the same. I've been selling off picks for that proven talent. Uh, I'm always in it to win now, yeah. uh, though. So I, I wonder if that's partially my mentality. But this year, whew, uh, you can put 101 versus just about anything, and half of Twitter is going to pick the 101, no matter what's on the other side. It, it is crazy impressive. And with it as well, I mentioned kind of the one to six, probably one to four. Any of those could go in any order as to who goes 101, but. It just has gone uh, very, very high, and you know sometimes it's like if you're winning a, at a at a poker table, sometimes you have to cash out at the top, and that's I think what I did on that on that occasion. Um, then moving on, you know, at this point of the season, I mentioned with the NFL teams possibly waiting with those veteran running backs to see where things fall. At this stage of the season, as a dynasty player, are you? always trying to make moves are you like I, I was making a lot of moves three or four weeks ago prior to free agency then free agency's hitting i'm kind of letting things settle a little bit around me to see how it goes and see if, I, if an offer comes in or if i can make an offer that's going to be accepted i'll do it but probably waiting to closer to the the end of the draft to see how things shake out in case you know depth charts and that start to move is that what you do or do you just continuously try and move players no that that's exactly like me uh between january and the draft i make a lot less moves than your average dynasty player. Uh, I, I like making the moves and, and I'm, I enjoy buying players for picks at that point, but I don't really love trading away too many. I've made too many mistakes over the years, too many, you know, Devonta Freeman is my fifth running back and then (laughs) trading him away right before the draft. And then he blows up for that year. You know, I've made too many of those mistakes that I'd rather either buy players or just wait it out at this point of the year. Yeah, that's that's the exact same way as I can attend. And then after the draft, when I kind of get to see how the the uh, draft boards or the 
depth charts are starting to shake out. You know, at this time of the season, I had, I had a couple offers, you know, come in this week offering me certain running backs. Uh, and, you know, you're looking at their, they're looking at my team and saying, you need running back help and they're sending me offers. And I, I'm a big Spencer Ware fan, but, you know, if the Kansas City Chiefs draft a running back uh, early in the draft, you know, his workload's going to be up for question. Or guys like I have Jonathan Stewart and, and Dynasty, he's pretty much, I'm keeping him on until the wheels fall off. But, a lot of people are saying Carolina are going to draft a running back. If they don't draft a running back, then I'm pretty happy because I don't invest a lot in mm-hmm. running backs. I'm happy to have those older guys. So that's why I'm kind of just wait and see, see how it plays out. Sometimes it'll burn you and sometimes it won't. It's the same with the free agent moves. You know, I, I, quite, I have a lot of Alshon Jeffrey and I acquired more. And, you know, Philadelphia wasn't the ideal landing spot, but we'll see how that plays out. And then I acquired a good bit of Kenny Britt in the offseason. Oh, I love him. <laughs> but even in Cleveland, I was just. Uh, just yeah. targets are going to be there and I think he's still going to have the, the workload and the ability if you look back at what he did last season I know like if you look the Rams sucked all season long and he produced all season long so we'll see how it goes and even after he landed with the Browns I had people that uh, I traded him off sent me messages saying oh well I hope you're happy now he's ended up with the Browns but I just say come back to me at the end of the season and see how yep. see how things shake out. Uh, next people up, people make fun of me, but I love yeah. Kenny Britt too. Yeah. I absolutely love him. Uh, uh, they don't have to be on the best team; they just have to put the points on the board uh, all season right. long in fantasy, and that's the way I look at it as well. Um, yep. Looking now uh, with kind of players that maybe uh, you think are buy low or bounce back candidates, we maybe they're not buy low, but players last year like Allen Robinson had a down year, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously I mentioned getting him for the 101, but even lower down, is there any players that you think maybe just didn't produce last year to what you think uh, they, their talent is and that they you're expecting a, a nice bounce back this year from them? You know, uh, well, first off, a guy like uh, Danny Woodhood, who could be, you know, that, that pass catching back for Baltimore this year, that I, I like players, I like players like that. I like players like Cordero Patterson, who's going to Oakland and, you just you love know, Cordell. I love. I'm, I'm probably the last guy on it. Like, I still have him. I just don't talk got, about him as I much. I got as on you. that bus, that that bandwagon, and there's like three or four of us just still sitting yeah. on there. You got on that bus when he was drafted for the Vikings, I think. That 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 is true, but man, he he is so explosive with the ball in his hands, and I'd like to see him in an offense where they know what he can do and they can try to manufacture touches for him. He's not, he's not like a wide receiver one, but he's a guy that can really make some plays. And I kind of like, uh, the Arizona receivers behind Fitzgerald, John John Brown Brown. and JJ. Yeah. You can get, and JJ Nelson, you can get them for so little. And if Fitzgerald falls off a little and that offense, I think is still going to be able to move, uh, Man, I I like the potential of of guys like that. There there are a lot of guys I'm I'm trying to buy for really really cheap this season, and Kenny Britt's obviously one of them. <laughs> I uh, I think you mentioned John Brown this time last year. I don't know if anyone was higher on him than I was, and and certainly and one league I know I gave up a, a late first round pick uh, for him uh, even mid season and. I just I just love his ability, and then obviously the issues with the hamstrings, the sickle cell, and it all seems to be coming in uh, to to they're kind of getting it under control. But again, you mentioned earlier about Bruce Arians uh, take everything he says with a pinch of salt in Arizona. But I just think you know his uh, his abilities there, whether it's in the short game or the deep game. I think there's a lot of similarities between guys like uh, Antonio Brown and him. I don't think he's going to be at that level at any point in his career, but I think this year there's a chance to buy low and for him to bounce back. Another player that I was very high on last year at this time was TJ Yeldon. I still own him in a lot of teams. and Obviously, there's talk maybe Fournette going to the Jaguars at four. If that happens, obviously, it's going to really sink his value. But if they just uh, decide, you know, they, have a, they spent a huge amount of money on Chris Ivory. 
um, uh, this time last year. So he's going to be on the roster. Yeldon's going to be on the roster. So maybe a running back doesn't come in until late. And I think there might still be an opportunity for Yeldon. He obviously hasn't had the touchdown upside that you'd want from a, a running back. And he hasn't really been given that opportunity to uh, punch it in. They had Toby Gerhard uh, when he was a rookie. And he, they put, paid a lot of money to him from the Vikings. And uh, he didn't get an opportunity then. Yeldon didn't get the opportunity at that stage. Then obviously they took an Ivory, and that didn't help me either. But in the Pigs League, I, I bought Yeldon, and I got Chris Ivory for one dollar as the handcuff. So I think I'm hoping for, <laughs> hoping for the Jacksonville Jaguars running backs anyway to come out top for me uh, there. But I just think he is an opportunity as well to, to bounce back, and uh, I think he's really really cheap at the moment uh, in terms of uh, in terms of value. I think if you threw a second round pick out there, you'd probably be able to pick him up at this point. Um, is there any players that you're lower on than the consensus? One player is obviously, I think, uh, Branton Cooks going from New Orleans. He wasn't a player I was ever extremely high on. I always thought he was very boomer boss, but he's going to New England now. And I, I see a lot of people still hyping him up to um, you know, to the stars. And I think the, the thing that's going to happen is he's going to get his touches siphoned uh, with uh, Edelman. Obviously there, Mitchell had a nice strong season and then... We'll just see, like, Rob Gronkowski's still there. Don't forget about Rob. Like, he was at WrestleMania this past week, but don't forget about Rob Gronkowski. I just think that style of player um, that could possibly hit lower than expectations, a player that I traded away actually straight up in Dynasty a couple, maybe two weeks ago as well, was I traded away Michael Thomas straight up for uh, T.Y. Hilton. I just think we're starting to get I into like that the, trade. Yeah, we're starting to get into the, the first round of uh, Dynasty startup picks, and you're looking at somebody who's produced versus somebody with one year and you're looking at Drew Brees versus Andrew Luck just on long-term sustainability and again the shiny new toy I just would rather have T.Y. Hilton long-term but is there any players that you think I think we could see uh, Thomas have a slight regression this year is there any players you think might uh, have a downturn wow that's uh, (laughs) I would have said Brandon Cooks because I'm a hundred (laughs) percent with you on that um I think <laughs> I think Elshon Jeffrey is a little bit higher than I like him as well. I'm uh, I'm I'm not the I'm not the I like what Elshon can do when he's healthy, but he's been basically playing on one year contracts for the last couple of years, yeah, and, and he he's that, still that got injuries. Yeah, he's he's still putting he's still putting up like top fifteen wide receiver numbers. But if he could stay healthy for the whole season, exactly, he's, he's top ten, talking, and he's yeah. been not playing consistently. <laughs> But, yeah, he's he's tough to trust. Yeah, trust is the key, and you know I mentioned I own him in a lot of leagues, and I, I even picked him up in more leagues. I'm just a sucker for Jeffrey. I just think the the ability that's there, but it's it's always interesting to kind of true drafts, and I think that's why MFL tens are so good at this stage of the season. You can see where uh, people are picking in regards to rounds and ADP, and sometimes I be looking maybe around down the line I can get this guy, and then somebody just comes in with a pick, and I mentioned that Marshawn Lynch one yesterday. I'm just like. Thanks, because he wasn't even on my board at all. So sometimes it's yeah. just interesting ones like that. And that's the way I look. If you're looking at the first round and you see and you can mark off players, well, I'm not interested in him on my team because I think he's not going to perform at that level. And somebody takes him ahead of you. I think it's sometimes it's like a, a free pick as, as it moves closer to your pick to get your guy. Just going to say, I'm also always lower on Demarius Thomas and Lamar Miller than other people too. They just, uh, I don't believe Lamar Miller is a workhorse back. And Demarius Thomas with the Simeon Lynch combo, I know he was a top 24 wide receiver last year, but there's just something very inconsistent about him recently. And I'm, I don't know, I, I feel like one of these years he's just going to kind of start to disappear. For two or three years, I was uh, very, very on the uh, 
Lamar Miller, you know, bandwagon uh, when he was in Miami. And then it just got to the stage where this, maybe before this time last year, I just kept saying, people were saying he's getting the big movie, got the money when he went to the Texans. And I just had to say, maybe these coaches that have had him for those years and not given him those workloads, maybe they know something that we don't know. And then last year he got the workload again. He got more of a workload and it just didn't just didn't click for him. I know in the end he ended up with the points to get him up the rankings at the end of the year, but just... Uh, consistency wasn't there. The other one is Demarius Thomas. I like Demarius Thomas, and he's been consistently getting a thousand yards and a hundred catches. But out of yeah. them two, I, I still am Emmanuel Sanders guy. Are you low on Sanders as I, well? Or is nope, it? I'm an Emmanuel Sanders yeah. guy as well. And it's amazing yeah. to see how much he's risen up ADP uh, from this time last year. I, I had a draft last year, and I got him in the twelve oh two pick. I remember in a startup that I done last year, and I thought it was ridiculous value. And I had people telling me that he was done and. Uh, he wasn't worth that, but this year I see he's already up around the sixth round. Uh, we were doing the DLF uh, mock draft this week, and uh, that was one of the players that I took. And he, maybe it's down to me that he's bouncing so far, far back up, but uh, I think he's just uh, you know very very underrated, uh, and I think he's going to have a nice season again. So we'll see what happens there in Denver. A couple of players now that I have here. Branton Cooks was the first one, so we both know that we think that he's going to, he's not going to perform to his ADP. But I have a lot of players here, and it's kind of not even buy or sell, but just what you think of their season outlook, maybe compared to what they did last year, and if you think they're going to have a better season versus what they did last year. Branton Cooks was the first one. I guess you're saying that he's probably going to have his uh, touches yeah. taken away from him a little bit. He's going to an offense with less volume and, and arguably more. Uh, I mean, less they they make less pass attempts that you know less targets and there's I feel like there's well. yeah and there's more people to you know hog the ball there more yeah. options for Brady so that's a tough one. I always think like if you're down in New Orleans and even if you're 25 points up, they're still going to throw the ball so you have that opportunity. But when you're playing in New England, they're just going to sit on the ball if they're that far ahead. Next one is one I'm interested in your opinion on, and that is Adam Thielen. <laughs> I'm a big Adam Thielen fan. I, I I I love him. I love watching him play. He just looks like a really good wide receiver as he plays. He he runs great routes. He makes he makes catches that I don't think he's going to catch. I mean, we haven't had that in quite a while in Minnesota. Uh, but I will say that you know our flirtation with Alshon Jeffrey worried me a little bit. Um, but I think if we go with uh, Diggs and Thielen and and what we have now plus maybe a rookier or two I don't know uh, I think Thielen's going to have a, a pretty decent year Bradford was not as bad as people like to think he was Bradford was very efficient I think it I don't know if he finished the season with the he did, high, did he? highest yep, he broke the record yet. So yep. uh, and you know there was again if you're looking for uh, if you if you're in a league the Scott set up with uh, first down points get on those Minnesota Vikings players because they were <laughs> you know just taking them ten first downs to get a touchdown at the end of the season uh, <laughs> they were very efficient at moving the ball but if you're looking then uh, obviously Thielen Diggs is another one you mentioned there when Diggs played Thielen's production kind of dropped off and vice versa it was nearly like one week one would have a good game then Diggs missed a couple of games with Thielen stepped up I was very impressed with Thielen and how he has kind of developed uh, you know going from undrafted to what he is now but if you're looking around uh, with Diggs do you think they siphon away from each other or are you higher or lower on Diggs than most people? Well, it certainly looked like it did. I, I think our offense needs to get more consistent, and Bradford needs to needs to throw for throw a lot deeper and throw for a lot more yards. But yeah, they they might siphon each other. But it, where Thielen generally goes in drafts, I I would definitely take him. 
Uh, I would definitely take Thielen at his value over Diggs at his value. Uh, next up is Eric Decker, and I had to write a thing for um, Matt Kelly uh, for the Fantasy Underground uh, this week, and he was looking for you know underrated players or players you thought were by low candidates, and mine's was Eric Decker. I just think that, like when I mentioned Emmanuel Sanders, uh, he's a player that no matter who his quarterback has been, he's produced. He produced with Tebow, Geno Smith, and uh, you know even Ryan Fitzpatrick for the last couple of years. He had the injury last year, and I, I'm concerned more about his health and his ability to produce, no matter who the quarterback is. But he's somebody that I'm still buying this off season, even though he is older and being old again. And if you're in a dynasty league, you know his value is very very low. If you, if you're looking at Decker, is he somebody you think? Uh, obviously, you can't really get less points than last year unless he gets injured in week one this time <laughs> around. But are you thinking he's somebody who can have a nice season? Uh, I think he definitely could. I I wonder if uh, we we I can't if, we can't agree on all these. We need some confrontation. I, <laughs> I know. I I, I was kind of going that direction because. Anunua seems to be stepping up. Yeah. Robbie Anderson seems to be a favorite. I like, I like when, Anderson too. When when Petty's in there, and yeah. we don't really know who's going to be the quarterback there at this point, um, I think there's I think there's a path for a lot of receivers there to do as good or better, or just take from Decker. And also, I don't know that that offense is going to score a lot. So Decker coming off those two major surgeries. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of risk there. There, there is upside. He's he's been good with guys like Tebow and and even on a bad Fitzpatrick year, you know, yeah. uh, good Fitzpatrick year. He was very good, but he didn't matter. So he has produced no matter what the quarterback situation. But I would worry that targets are going to start to get spread around there. Yeah, I think that he, he's like he'll be the the number one. And I, I'm I know in the past he struggled being that number one guy. So. We'll see how he checks out, but I'm, I'm still definitely buying Eric Decker this year. The next one up, and uh, he was I mentioned he was at WrestleMania this week. He looked pretty good when he was in the ring as uh, <laughs> Rob Gronkowski. Are you, uh, the next two tight ends, I'll, kinda, I'll throw in together for you. Rob Gronkowski, who obviously had the back surgery, and then a man with a lot of concussion history is Jordan Reed. Uh, out of those two guys, who would you be uh, wanting to, to have, say, for the next three years in your dynasty team? Oh, man. If you could tell me that they're both going to be healthy, it'd be Gronk. Yeah. But and, and that Brady's going to play seven years, right? Seven That's what I heard. Years, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> yep. never retiring. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, I'd I'd probably lean Gronk just because uh, I feel like Brady could play two or three more years, and even if he doesn't, I feel like Garoppolo or Brissett or whoever you know could still feed Gronk. Read the concussions worry me. That worries me that he'll miss big chunks and what if Kirk Cousins is gone next year right. I, even even though they said they want to run the offense through Reed that that's a little more concerning I I'm a buyer of all three of the tight ends you have listed here honestly but uh yeah I'd probably take Gronk over Reed slightly still yeah, I think there's no doubt I would rather have Gronk over Reed. I know he's valued higher in dynasty circles, and I know in redraft he's going to go higher as well. Reed's concussions absolutely terrify me, and I also took over uh, an orphan team in dynasty this year, and Reed was on the team, and I have tried and tried and tried, and I just cannot move him. I cannot get the value from him. Just the concussions terrify me. Whether even in training camp, have you got another concussion? You know, I think one more, and that's it. I think it's there's no doubt about his ability on the field and his touchdown production. You know, I would just rather have Gronk. It just I'm terrified of those concussions. So we'll see what happens there. But I'm still going to be trying to move him all off season long. Uh, Jack <laughs> Doyle was the next one up. Obviously, uh, he's got a nice uh, kind of 
tight end room for himself it's just him and uh, Eric Swope at the moment in, in Indianapolis he had a nice season last year he's kind of developed as time has gone on kind of quietly because Kobe Fleener was there uh, Robocop was there as well and he's he's uh, got his opportunity now to be the, the tight end one there how do you think it's going to shake out in Indianapolis uh, with Jack Doyle are you, are you a buyer of Jack? I'm definitely a buyer and I like that new management came in and then signed him to a multi-year yeah. deal after they came in. That really says a lot to me, you know, outside of uh, one of those, you know, big three or so tight ends dropping too far in the draft and the Colts grabbing him. Uh, I really like the future for Jack Doyle. He's, he's still, he's still young. He's, he is definitely a red zone threat and Andrew Luck, throws to the tight end in the red zone i think it was most in the nfl i can't i i I should double check that but i'm pretty sure it was a lot of two tight end sets always in there too yeah so he's always always in the game i'm a big buyer of him i i picked him up in pigs too (laughs) (laughs) i had a few other names we're going to jump past them and run to i'm interested because one of these guys is uh, in minnesota still uh, drafted two guys were drafted very high last year and then Malcolm Mitchell is the other one obviously Mitchell had his production last year towards the end of the season and you know if you went at the Super Bowl time and talked about My- Malcolm Mitchell's value it was very very high in dynasty leagues and people were talking about what he would do this year in general now obviously with Branton Cooks going in there's more mouths to feed we've kind of talked about that situation already mm-hmm. the other two players then were guys who really did not pretty much did nothing last year in the NFL Laquan Treadwell and uh, Josh Doxson and we were talking a lot about them this time last year the same way as we're talking about rookies now, and I think we're probably talking about those guys even a little bit more than the wide receivers in this class. Uh, out of those guys, is there any of them that you've kind of high hopes for this year? Is there anything that you think uh, are values at the moment? and Or have you just, uh, obviously Malcolm Mitchell's going to have a, an opportunity in New England, but it's more of the situation around him. The other two guys, what do you think? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm probably like Doxon the most out of them. Even though he did not perform as much as Malcolm Mitchell, kept trying to get him in the in the red zone last year, a lot of red zone targets, but didn't come down with it. Yeah, and that makes me worry because they grabbed Kenny Britt, who's what six two six three. They grabbed Terrell Pryor, who's six four. Josh Doxson's in that six three range as well. So now they have, and Jordan Reed, of course, six four. So they they got they got a bunch of guys that size for the red zone now. So that that's one thing where I thought Doxson would come in as a rookie and possibly score like six touchdowns and. I know the track record is terrible for rookies that do nothing in their first season, which Doxon and Treadwell now fall under. Treadwell, again, same with I like Thielen. I like Diggs. They flirted with Alshon. It's got me worried about Treadwell. So I find him a tough buy right now. And Mitchell, there's just so many mouths to feed. I like him. I like him a lot. But there's just a lot of mouths to feed there. Yeah, I'm trying to think. It wasn't Kenny Britt, but it was uh, Brian Oh, yeah. Brian Quick, yeah. Brian Quick. I was, yeah. I was trying Kenny to think of it off the top of my head, but yeah, yep. Brian Quick. Yep. But uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of tall guys there for uh, looking for red zone touches. Uh, the other one then is uh, the guys, you know, kind of possibly reinstated guys. There's been a lot of I mentioned with the the Marshawn Lynch thing, how quick he has skyrocketed up, uh, you know, draft positions in the last couple of weeks. Uh, the next one is Josh Gordon and Martavis Bryant. I'm one that is outside of Jeff- Jeffrey as the one that I have with a, a suspension history. But if you're looking at Josh Gordon and Martavis Bryant, and they are, there's talk of them going in. But obviously, we've seen a picture last week of Josh Gordon looking in absolutely incredible shape, uh, shirtless, mad. But uh, yeah, those two guys, are you averse to people with uh, previous suspensions? And then if these guys are reinstated, if I don't know if you do, I don't own any of them on any rosters, but if you did, <laughs> would you be trying to move them as quick as you could to, to, to try and get that value? Or would you be thinking, I've held on to them for a year now, it's time to see if they can get on the field? 
Well, I like to buy players like this at their lowest um, and just take a shot in the dark. I bought Josh Gordon and Pigs. Same reason. I would have gone after Martavis, but his hype had already started. And then I just talked to Ryan McDowell earlier today, and he said Martavis Bryant's uh, ADP has jumped 20 spots in the last three weeks, Crazy. which is I unreal. Think, I, I think I think from maybe it was too much. I seen he had up a tweet that it was, uh, maybe, I don't know if it was Garden or Bryant, that he had jumped 80 spots. I think it might have been from January to now or something like that. It was, just a, it was probably Bryant, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and but I mean, he did look. He was so impressive yeah, on the freakish. targets he had. Yeah. yeah, and that offense is good. It's a good offense that. And, and nobody uh, really filled in for him last year. That was the other thing. Nobody right. Really, yeah. Right. Yeah, you Coates, Eli Rogers, any of them. I mean, they don't fill what Mar Davis does. So uh, he should jump right back into that role where he could score ten touchdowns. I. I I do. I would be buying him, but the hype is too high. Yeah, and uh, obviously, uh, Martavis Bryant can catch the ball, whereas Sammy Coates is not able to. So that obviously would <laughs> <laughs> be an upgrade there. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention before we wrap up here is FantasyCares.net. I've mentioned the different leagues that you run. A lot of them now have uh, a proportion of the entry fee is goes to the Fantasy Cares uh, kind of we'll call it charity that you use to uh, buy toys for, for kids that maybe are less fortunate. But I'll let you have the floor and talk about it. And then obviously I mentioned earlier about the, the Scott Fishbowl 7. If you sign up for that, you know, if you're in it, the Scott Fishbowl 7, part of that fee as well goes towards Fantasy Cares, isn't it? Uh, actually, SFB 7 has no fee. Okay. Um, that That is the one league I run that doesn't uh, doesn't give to doesn't give a, a to a part to charity because it doesn't have a fee. Okay. But fantasy cares leagues, those uh, I I run several different types of leagues. You you come in, you make a donation, and, and I'll put you in a league that, yeah, they're they're definitely interesting leagues, and crazy. you can win prizes. Yeah, you win prizes. Just uh, there's no quote league entry fee, but there is a donation to play in those leagues. And we go in December and we buy tons shopping carts full of toys for kids that otherwise wouldn't have toys for christmas and if if you're a guy like me if you if you have kids and you see what they're like when they get a brand new toy just imagine a kid that doesn't usually get toys being able to get brand new toys for christmas and it's hard not to want to be a part of that yeah and do you think uh, you said about getting the new toys do you think that's how people who love uh, rookie picks feel when they get a a rookie pick (laughs) exactly a brand new shiny toy (laughs) But um, well, yeah. as well, I have to. I have to. You can go to fantasycares.net as well, and uh, you know it's definitely a hugely, hugely uh, great charity. And I have to say, Scott, there's so many people in the industry, you know, people involved in your leagues that, you know, I know they tweet to you, and you kind of think, oh, well, that's incredible that they're saying that to me. But it's a huge. Um, Thing that you know that you do for all these kids and run these leagues for us so i have to say thank you from from everyone involved in the fantasy community i think it's a, a tremendous tremendous thing that you do and uh, we're all gonna we're all proud of, proud of, to be part of it well no thank you for playing thank you for being a part of them and and thank you for putting on an awesome show i i love listening to this show it's uh it i I, I, I guess I just don't have words for the amount of quality work that is put out there by people in general, but I really, really do enjoy your show, and I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that you do it every week. I'm glad that you invited me on. 
Uh, no, that's, that's no problem, Scott. It's absolutely my pleasure. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the show, obviously, uh, Doug isn't on this week's show. Uh, he uh, Just with Scott's time zone, my time zone, Doug's time zone, it all just didn't work out with uh, all our schedules. So Doug will be back next week, and we're going to be joined by Charge McDonald. Uh, a lot of you will know him on Twitter. He's at 4 and He's doing a great job uh, with all his coverage of the draft. So I'm looking forward to talking to him. It'll be more of a draft podcast last week, but or next week, but... I, I just love uh, just starting to talk fantasy, and uh, I know some listeners aren't uh, dynasty players, and they're probably wondering what's happening. But get involved in dynasty, definitely get involved in some of Scott's leagues if he gives you the opportunity, and uh, check out as well fantasycares.net. dot uh, net. As always, I'm on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Uh, Doug, when he's back, he's on Twitter at Dmore NFL, and then Scott's on Twitter at Scottfish twenty four. So give him a follow as well. I'm sure you already are doing that. If not, you definitely should be. And until uh, I'm back with the next show, of course, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.